is Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Guys, we are back for season three. Welcome to season three. How are you feeling, Soph? I'm really glad to be back. Same. A little (laughs) perturbed about the slight cold I have. Oh yeah, I was on a plane this morning and now I have a slightly sore throat. We're convinced we have coronavirus. We definitely have coronavirus. (laughs) But there's still time for like delicious, highly enthused things like (laughs) canned goods. We are actually quite passionate about canned goods. So this is a great time for our brand. I have been prepping for an apocalypse (laughs) for years now. I'm so ready. Okay, so what else have we been doing on our break other than watching things burn and then worrying about a virus because we've read Station Eleven? Thank you to everyone who came to our clothes swap at Scout Pilates last month. It was so much fun. I get really stressed around events. You did get very stressed, but you pulled it off beautifully. It worked out really well. (laughs) It was so fun to actually get to meet so many of you in person. You're all delightful. Yeah, you are delightful. Thank God. And you all bought really cool stuff. I got a really amazing pair of white linen pants from our friend Anna. I've worn them every single day. And we'd like to say a big thanks to DRNKS.com, Yuli's Brews, and Mela Maguire Kombucha because they all donated some delicious beverages so everyone got a chance to stay very hydrated whilst, well, basically putting clothes on racks and then taking things away for free, which everyone was a bit bewildered by but really enjoyed, I think. Yeah, they were like, so there's just... I just take it home. I'm like, yeah, there's no money. And they're like, wow. I'll take whatever you want. I just really got a lot of satisfaction watching people take my clothes away. It was very cathartic to be like, oh, that dress, go. Be free. Be free on a new body. Exactly. But we are so glad to be back in your ears for season three. We've got guests coming up. we got themed mini apps. we got events, potentially. we got merch. Yeah, we have merch. I am wearing our merch right now. You cannot see me in it. If you were at our clothing swap, you would have got a little preview. Some of you snapped some up. Really excited to figure out how to get it to you in the next month. Yes, we have not figured out the operations <laughs> and logistics side of our business. We got the design and production down, but that's as far as we got. TBC. All right. Are we just going to get going? Yeah. Okay. What have we been eating, Soro? My new obsession, which is a riff on an old obsession, because I like to iterate on existing things. <laughs> this is a recipe I have made a couple of times. Uh, It's a marinated zucchini with ricotta and hazelnuts. I got it from Bon Appetit because that's where I get most of my recipes. Woman of habit. (laughs) I'm a Taurus. I cannot help it. But I had a bunch of ricotta left over from making my other favorite ricotta-based recipe, the broccolini on toasts. So I'd made that recipe. I bought too much ricotta. I needed to use it up, and I found this recipe instead. And I think I might like it even more than the broccolini. Well, zucchini really soaks up the marinade. Like, broccolini, it's great, but it doesn't soak stuff. Yeah. It doesn't soak flavor. I would say the broccolini has a nice textural crunch, and you don't expect broccolini to be that delicious, so it's a bit of a surprise, whereas the zucchini is a little little bit more of a chameleon. It can take up whatever you want to do with it. So this isn't officially served on toast. You can do whatever you want, but really, you're going to want some toast. But you basically slice the zucchinis lengthways and then kind of roughly chop it into pieces that are about like an inch and a half, I guess, like thumb-sized. Mm-hmm. Salt them for a little bit. 
but then you just like put them cut side down in a pan with olive oil and just like let them grill until they get pretty golden like you want them to get a pretty strong sear I didn't really move them at all and then once you kind of check and they're looking brown you turn the heat down and put the lid on the pan and just kind of steam it and that's really key I wouldn't normally do that but it gets really silky so you yeah. get the like golden underside but then it gets like really soft and silky in the meantime toast up some nuts I used almonds because hazelnuts are fucking expensive and I don't have that kind of money and you sort of doctor up the ricotta with just like lemon zest and salt and pepper super easy and then the the most important thing is you make this vinaigrette or like a marinade the best thing is it includes this very specific step that you have these mint sprigs and like smack them against the cutting board to release their aroma <laughs> I was like okay smack them smacking these like full sprigs of mint really fun in the kitchen I was like oh I could get into this and it really did release the aroma and then you throw that into a bowl with I think it was garlic white wine vinegar some chili flakes salt a little bit of sugar and then you throw the mint in and then once the zucchini is cooked you just throw it into the marinade toss it around mm. let it sit for a while and then you like smear the ricotta all over a platter top it with the zucchini and the dressing you take that kind of marinated mint out and you just put fresh mint and the toasted nuts on top and it is so good you take the mint out and you put more mint in? Well, because the, the smacked mint has released all of its flavour and it's kind of wilted in the vinegar. <laughs> so it's got, you know how sometimes mint when it's wet can just get that kind of like, I don't know, like overcooked flavour? Right. Like cooked mint's not particularly great. You mm. kind of, you want the flavour and then you want to throw it out. So then you put the fresh for the like herbaceous crunchiness, I guess. Poor spanked mint just the spanked being spanked the out. shit out of that mint. And then I used and abused it and then threw it away. Just got it. 2020 energy, that's yeah, what we're that's going what for. it is. So look, it's the tail end of summer here in Sydney. There's still some zucchinis around if you're looking for them. I definitely recommend that one. So what have you been eating? I, even Not even this week, over the last little while. What's been the thing that stood out to you? I've discovered a new excellent condiment. Great. Yes, which is key niche interest. Pertinent as we are stocking our pantries. <laughs> it is a vinegar. It's called Tobias Sutton's Dried Benito Vinegar. It's something that Scott brought home. He brings home a lot of very esoteric things. The joy from, of being married to a chef. Yeah, he gets dropped off a lot of samples. He tries them in the restaurant. He brings stuff home. So it's a Japanese rice vinegar. That's been infused with bonito, so that's like dried tuna flakes, soy sauce, and mirin. So bonito flakes have that amazing smokiness. So I'm not a huge tuna fan, so in my head I don't think I'd like it, but then I really, really like it. It's like not it, really it's not tuna fishy. No, yeah. it's just got that crazy deep umaminess, mm. like this rounded, beautiful flavor, and it's slightly sweet. It's not yeah. really astringent like paint stripper vinegar. It's so delicate and really like surprising like you can't you can't really put your finger on what you're eating it's like a magic ingredient it's like one of those things where you're like what is this why is it so delicious yeah i've just been using it as a dressing i made that prawn fried rice which i made for you it was based on a gourmet traveler recipe for crab fried rice couldn't find no crab used prawns um and on the side of it was just really simple sliced cucumber and i just dressed the cucumber with this vinegar and it just like elevates the whole thing and look that fried rice was delicious but the thing i was like obsessed with i was like what is on this cucumber why is this so good i made you take a photo of it so i could take it home i was influenced guys (laughs) it's really good like on noodles on any rice kind of dish even just on like a simple leaf 
salad, mm. I think, is really good. I don't think great. it needs to stick to Asian food. I reckon you could put this in any vinaigrette and it would just be incredible. Yeah, like just dressing raw fish with it, even putting a bit on oysters would be really good. Mm, yeah. It's fucking unbelievable. And it's only available at this one random online store <laughs> um, called the Good Grub Hub. I think she's the only importer of it to Australia. It's Amazing. Japanese, but it's around $25 a bottle. It's not cheap. I mean, it's not something you want to toss like cups of it into a, into a dish, but if you're just like dressing something with it, it's so good. It's really worth it. It is absolutely delicious and just so interesting. Tobias Sutton's Dried Bonito Vinegar. Get it at the Good Grub Hub. Delish. Read, watch, listen. What have you been reading? Oh, this one. This one's a throwback. 150-year throwback. <laughs> oh, you can do my punchline. <laughs> so if you have seen me at any point in the last two and a bit months, or if you follow me on Instagram, you will have probably noticed that I have this kind of crazy gleam in my eye, and all I want to talk to anyone about is Middlemarch by George <laughs> Eliot. A literally 150-year-old book. I keep asking people, I was like, oh my god, guys, have you, did you know Middlemarch is really good? Like, did you know it's like a, an amazing book? Like, I realise it's been considered a masterpiece of English literature for about the same amount of time that it's been around, but I'm still surprised by how honestly brilliant it is. How did you rediscover it? So, if you asked me before I picked it up recently, I would have been like, ugh, the most boring book alive. I tried to read it, I think, when I was 17 or 18. I just, like, picked up a copy somewhere and read a couple of chapters. And literally, I remember the feeling of it being like watching paint dry in book form. I thought it was the dullest thing I'd ever heard. A friend of mine loved it. I was like, no, you have to give it another chance. I was like, ugh, not for me. Um, turns out it was me, not the book. <laughs> turns out I was a fucking idiot and was 17 and was too young to appreciate it. So I picked it up just kind of on a whim, I think, because I read a lot of contemporary fiction and non-fiction. I just get a little bit fatigued. You start finding a lot of similarities, especially if you read certain types of books, and I read quite quickly, so I might read in the space of a month, like, three coming-of-age books or three books about, you know, a particular thing just by accident because it's what's been published. And you just get a little bit tired. Yeah. And, like, not to be a bitch, but most of those books won't be being read in 150 years. Like, you're reading a lot of stuff that's just kind of of the moment, is fashionable, some's better than others, but it doesn't really have a lot of heft to it. And so I, like, picked it up. I was just like, oh, I'll just give this a whirl. I don't know. I haven't tried it for ages. It's so funny. It's so sharp and so funny. And George Eliot, which if you don't know, is a pen name. So George Eliot was a woman who was quite radical. She actually lived out of wedlock with a married man who couldn't get divorced because he was Catholic for like her entire adult life in the 1800s. But like, so this book is, it is 900 pages long. It's a lot. It is a lot. It is has about 50 characters, which I just kept losing track of. I couldn't even remember all of them. Sometimes I was like, who the fuck is Mrs. Catawalla? And I'd have to like <laughs> scroll back and scroll, flick back and try to figure out who it was. It's literally set in a small town in rural England in the early 1800s. There are whole sections about a reform bill that I didn't really know what it was about. I was like Googling. I was like, English reform bill? 1830? Like trying to understand the context. But it doesn't matter because it is so funny. Her insights into human nature and character 
are still correct. Like they're so recognizable, which I always love when you read a book that's from like a totally different time and you're like, oh yeah, people, still people, still the same. We haven't really changed very much. It's just so sly. Like she has these little like asides where she describes a character and they're just so mean and so funny. I found myself laughing out loud at an 150 year old book. Yeah, that like, is, that's pretty good yeah it's just brilliant and I think there's something to be said for picking up something from a completely different time it can take a while to get into them definitely it's not something you can pick up and put down in like five minute increments you need to be willing to sit down for half an hour but then once you get into the flow of the language and it's a lot more slow moving and you have to concentrate you can't double screen it you can't be doing something else it's so relaxing because I feel like you just kind of get so absorbed because you have to be so engaged with it that it's it's like what reading when you're a kid felt like when you're all in and super into it and I just feel like it's an amazing palate cleanser if you've been a bit distracted and you haven't been enjoying things you've picked up or you're finding you feel like everything's a bit the same like pick something up that's really old because it's I don't know and maybe something that you've tried before and haven't liked yeah I think that's the big lesson as well yeah like me at 17 couldn't get value out of it but me now at almost 32 I was like oh my god she's a genius I'm the idiot this is wonderful yeah I like that you didn't like totally write it off yeah I mean like there's some definitely some books that I loved at 17 that I'm too afraid to read again because I was like no I think I'm too old for it now like I think I'd wouldn't love it and I want to keep it unspoiled your biceps are looking like quite yeah got a real real workout for carrying (laughs) this is the kind of book that my friend Sarah would be like Sophie this is why ebooks exist this book 900 pages yeah 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 it's pretty hefty okay what have you been reading watching or listening to well truly the complete opposite to that (laughs) is an e-newsletter wait is it called (laughs) e-newsletter it's just called a newsletter email newsletter okay (laughs) It's called The Friday 14. It's by a really cool creative agency in Adelaide called Slice. They, I guess they're similar to the agency I run called Buffet. Slice, Buffet, kind of cool. So we're obviously really like-minded, but their weekly newsletter basically curates the internet, which is also what we do. So yes, in the Venn diagram (laughs) of your life, they're kind of right smack bang in the middle. It's great. I've subscribed to so many newsletters and I go through phases of just clearing everything out that I haven't read in a few months but the Friday 14 is something that when it arrives in my inbox on a Friday I'm like yay can't wait to dive in and just see what they've found same I feel like it's always really quality they're really cool they have amazing wide reading skills (laughs) this week's newsletter for example had a story about these crazy new slices of mayonnaise oh my god I didn't click on that link because I was almost too terrified to see what it would be so it's like a slice of singles cheese but it's sauce it's mayonnaise so when you put it on like a sandwich or a burger it like melts as a sauce it's japanese obviously i mean only they could create something both horrifying and intriguing truly don't need the plastic wrapping on on these um when you <laughs> just have a wonder, bottle what's wrong with mayonnaise exactly <laughs> like, i kind of like the rusticity of just, just putting it on bread with a knife I know. there was also an article from the times about four ideas about what to do when the problem of your birthday arrives every year <laughs> smitten kitchens veggie lasagna was in there there's random twitter memes and conversations it's a high low of random and cool and interesting and thought-provoking stuff and i'm just really thankful for it yes if you don't have time to listen to our recommendations or you're looking for more recommendations because we did abandon you for quite some time this is definitely a good one to have in your inbox yeah if you're halfway through middle march and you're like there's 400 pages left i don't know if i can do this (laughs) go to (laughs) slice.agency it took me 
like from Christmas till now to finish it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Keep up the good work, girl. It's really, really cool. Well, shopping man's over. It is over. You were shopping again. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Like I... Did it change your shopping for good, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I'm more considerate about just mindless shopping online. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. Nah, probably good without that. But it's been fun to buy stuff again. It was really getting boring. I was really over it. I was like, hey, everything I own. But it's good. I'm, yeah, it was a good exercise. I definitely recommend it. What have you been buying? Well, I recently, I think because it was like the new year, I like looked in my underwear drawer for the first time in a while. Like I hadn't really, I'd just been pulling stuff out without thinking. And then, you know, when you, after a while, you're like, there's only a few pairs you want to pull out and the rest kind of just sit in there and then yes. you need to do a curl. So I did a curl and then I rebought all this like buns underwear, which is really comfortable. But then I was looking and I realized that like 90% of my underwear and bras now were just like bonds, bralettes and little like cotton undies. Super fine. But then like 5% was sports bras and then the other remaining stuff was all this beautiful lingerie that I used to wear from Lonely but my weight's fluctuated so much most of it doesn't really fit me anymore so it just stays there unworn. And I just kind of got a bit sad and I was like I'm going to fix this. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to buy myself a new pretty bra. And I happen to be in New Zealand because I've been going there a little bit for work and obviously New Zealand is the home of Lonely Lingerie and there's this really cute little boutique in the little town that my office is based in in Dunedin. It's called Bellbird and so I actually managed to pop in. The bra that I bought is I think the best one of theirs I've ever owned. And I don't know if it's just that I finally bought the right size in it, but it's the Delilah bra and I bought it in snow. It is so hot. <laughs> so it's it's like underwire and lace and it doesn't have any padding. So it's like sort of sheer. There's this like really delicate kind of corset like string that holds the two cups together. So it looks like a little like strappy kind of yep. tie up thing, but it's stitched together. I bought it. And then when I got back to my hotel that night, I like was looking at myself in the mirror. I was like, took a selfie and then sent it to my friends. I was like, guys, look how great this bra is. I was like, I just want Bella validation that's another hot tip just send tasteful nudes to your friends for validation like they're the best audience for it and it's like honestly it's I think the most flattering bra I've ever bought to the point that I then went and bought it in the black color oh it's really because it manages to be both super comfortable like it doesn't dig like the cups are the right size the bands like like a nice thickness so you don't feel like it's digging in but it's also just like so much prettier and sexier than yeah standard kind of t-shirt bra and I'm kind of into the whole like accidentally wearing underwear that you can kind of see exactly things. like if you have a gap in the side or on top it's kind of nice yeah to and if you're bit. wearing like a like a cotton shirt and then you can see a little bit of lace so like you can kind of see the, the pattern through the shirt I think that's fine I think it's way nicer than like you can't see anything into what you assume I'm not wearing a bra like <laughs> like obviously use it judiciously but yeah no so it's the Delilah bra in and it's the underwire style. They've got like a midline one as well that's quite pretty, but this one has the underwire. Cool. Um, and yeah, it's honestly one of the comfiest and, like I said, sexiest bras I've owned in a long time. Whatever you purchased, speaking of sexy, because <laughs> well, it isn't a season opener of Highly Enthused <laughs> without some salacious content. Exactly. I'm just like here for you guys, as always, with a sex tip. Or Sonny something McComas. to do with vaginas, at least. <laughs> Vagina correspondent. <laughs> I'm talking about lube. Thank God, because nobody does. <laughs> nobody talks about lube. What's with this? People talk about menstrual cups, and they talk about condoms, and they talk about 
vibrators sometimes. No one ever talks about lube. I know. I think it's just because... I don't know what it is, actually. We well, were talking about this. Yeah, I think there's a crazy weird taboo around it. Mm-hmm. Exhibit A, super bad. Yes. I'm just going to insert a little cliff about what Superbad has to say about lube. What do you think Becca's going to be psyched that you brought a bottle of lube? Oh, Evan, thank you for bringing that lube for my pussy. These girls are 18 years old. They're not dried up old ladies. They're good to go. Then I won't bring the lube. Right? <laughs> I think that's it. I think people view it as like fixing a problem. Yeah, or it's like kind of dirty and like you have to be, I don't know, 70 to need it. It's for dried up old ladies. Yeah. As they said. It is not for dried up old ladies. No. <laughs> so what, what is the, which is the lube that you found that is good? So I follow this great sexologist on Instagram. I seem to follow heaps of sexologists. I, I, I've started since you've started recommending them and they're fantastic. I just think they're really cool. Like they're really good references and things to read and ideas <laughs> about <laughs> stuff. <laughs> this one is called Georgia Grace. She's actually based in Sydney. Her Instagram handle is G Spot with an underscore. Amazing. She recommended an awesome brand called Yes Organics. They've got an awesome website. It's just yes, 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 Australia.com. Oh my god, that's so good. .au. Their lube is organic. This one is water-based. Yeah. They have one that is oil-based, which is apparently for prolonged lovemaking. <laughs> I didn't know just... what oil lube was for, was but that's what say, it's like, for. What's the difference? I don't know. I just get the water water one because I yeah. feel like that feels natural. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. There's no gross chemicals in it. Like, KY, I feel like it's just feel like, like what is it? like for your vagina. Exactly. <laughs> It's just like sticky and gross, but this is just disappears. Like there's no residue. There's no smell. There's no taste. There's like nothing. It just melts into your skin. Yeah. Increases sensitivity. That's great. And it's just like slippery and fun. (laughs) Which is what you want. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just saying, let's talk about lube. Let's buy it. Let's use it. Get this one. It's like Australian. It's organic. It has no nasties apparently. And... I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely used lube before, but it's not really something that you think about. It's like the thing that you kind of like buy awkwardly, like don't really look at the, don't spend much time perusing it in the aisle. You're just like, that's why you buy it online. Yeah. (laughs) Thank God for the internet. I mean, when my air conditioner man came over to install our air conditioning, I definitely like hid it. (laughs) I hide it whenever anyone goes into my room. So there's still like this weird taboo. And now I'm telling everyone. Well, now you can there. just leave it out there. I just don't know why it's so weird. I mean, it's I very know. personal. It's more just like a fun toy. Yeah. I'd get into it. Look. So that's it for the sex talk. Until next time. Until next time. I've got to lift my game. I've provided no sex content no. for this yeah, podcast. Yeah, you have pinky swear to me that this season is happening. <sighs> Guys, <laughs> that's what, it's 2020. That's how we do deals now. We pinky swear. <laughs> we pinky swear over podcast content. <laughs> All right. What time is it now? Fast five. First one of season three. Fast five. You're going first. I am. I'm going first. So first, first fast five recommendation. First of my five is Giles Baths. So this is, is it my Giles. I thought it was Giles. I have, I have no, no idea. idea. Is it GIF or GIF? I, have no I mean, idea. we could debate this for hours. Let's go with Giles. Giles. I don't care. Call it whatever you want. It starts with a G. Um, it is my second. Favorite swimming spot after the ladies' baths. It is also not gender prescriptive, so you can go with all of your friends to Giles or Giles. Um, it's at the north end of Coogee. It is like an old, it's sort of like a natural rock pool that got 
built sort of cut into the rock so it's kind of halfway between an ocean pool and like the bogey hole at Brunty but it used to be like a men's only bath that had like a big wooden structure built into it or something I've seen some old photos of it but now it's just open I'd recommend going at low tide at high tide it can just be a bit of a washing machine but at low tide it is like a bathtub Mm. it's crystal clear we spent on one of the really hot days this summer we spent an afternoon just like sitting down there with some sour beers some pizza shapes the classic australian snack and just would like jump in the water and have a swim get out have a snack chat watch the sunset have a swim like it was just perfect it's just one of my favorite spots and it's never as crowded as the rest of the beaches and it's really calm and low tide and safe and yeah it's just beautiful delicious so that is Giles slash Giles Baths, North End of Coogee. Okay, number two is this new song that Haim released this week called The Steps. I am kind of obsessed with it. It reminds me of like almost a Sheryl Crow kind of vibe. It's like very strummy guitars and like in the bridge they sing without any backing music. It's just this sort of retro cruisy old fashioned pop rock song that just reminds me of like the kinds of songs I love to sing along to when I was 15 or 16. Like it makes me want to like be in a car with my friends like in a shitty Ford Laser driving down from the beach with the windows down singing along. Like that's what it makes me feel. Love that feeling. Um, and I'm loving how they're releasing all the songs from their album. They're doing, like, singles just whenever the fuck they yeah. want. They're releasing awesome videos. This video is really great as well. It's like every two months or three months there's yeah. another one. But they're just kind of doing whatever they want. They're like, this isn't how you're supposed to do it. We have to talk our label into it, but we don't care. That's cool. It's really fun. I also just think they're so cool. Like, their Instagram presence brings me a lot of joy. So great that's, hair. Really such great, great hair. hair. And so much variety. You can really choose what style <laughs> you want that day. So that's The Steps by Haim. My third one is a movie. So Netflix recently lost all the Disney films because they all went to Disney Plus. But what they got instead is a hundred times better. They got all the Miyazaki films. So Studio Ghibli. And my favorite one, like the one I have the biggest soft spot for is Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh my God, it's so good. So it's about this young witch who's like 13. She moves out of home to make her own way. And she moves to the seaside town with her talking cat and starts this like delivery service that delivering things on her broomstick. It is, <laughs> what? It does look... A talking cat and her broomstick. It's, it's so a funny. Miyazaki film. It doesn't make sense. Like, but that's what's wonderful. Like, his the animations are gorgeous. Like, you want to move into this town. It's so picturesque. And it's charming and sweet and beautiful, but slightly weird and off-kilter the way, like, so many of his films are. Honestly, it is a great hangover film. Like, if or if you're uh, quarantined at home. <laughs> those jokes. Still funny for now. It's just, like, a really comforting sweet film without being super cheesy a friend of mine has three little kids and we were talking about it and she's like they used to be obsessed you know they're obsessed with Frozen and Moana and all those Disney films they just sort of found the Miyazaki films and got really into them and have been like asking for them and they're like six and four I'm just like, I kind of love it because I happily sit down and watch them with them because they're so much better to watch. Oh my God, I hope our kids are like that. Yeah, well, they just found them themselves. I'm like, Mom, can I watch this? And she was like, okay, I guess so. There's some that aren't kid appropriate, but like the ones they found definitely were. So that's Kiki's Delivery Service. Number four is a sour beer. Yeah. Because I drank so many of them this summer. I just don't want other beer. I just want sour beer. But this one was one of my new faves. I actually tried it at Arcadia Liquors in Redfern for the first time they had it there so it is the beer farm Asamboy Ghost so it's a salted plum ghost Mm. and what I loved about it is sometimes sours from the can can be quite thin 
like they've just kind of got like a and if they're really sour it can be kind of like a hit in the face with it but this had this like creamy velvety texture and then the salted plums really great because you've got the sourness but it wasn't it wasn't as sour as a lot of the ones that I really love normally but it was really well balanced and the nice thing is that if you could have more than one like you don't have one and go like cool that's enough for me that's like all I needed that you could have one or two easily yeah um, it's so yummy and then the final one is inspired by all of the trips we've been doing to New Zealand lately and you can buy this in Australia but I always buy it when I'm in New Zealand I think I've tricked myself into believing you can't find it in Australia <laughs> for my own good because it is the Whitaker's coconut chocolate it's so yum dangerously delicious I'd say it competes for me with the cornflake Ritter Sport yeah it's just got amazing coconut flavor and the texture the crunchy because yeah. it's such creamy chocolate and then the coconut is these really big crispy rough texture it's just is it like big desiccated dried coconut in there they're definitely like the shredded desiccated coconut but it's obviously very good quality coconut and then the chocolate is really creamy almost dangerously creamy clearly designed for a cooler climate than australia because you kind of need to keep it in the fridge yeah. not in the cupboard because it gets really soft and then when it gets soft it doesn't break as easily so you just eat more because it like anyway it's a dangerous thing to keep around <laughs> is all i'm saying but and it milk is. chocolate right yeah i was listening to this podcast on bon appetit about why no one likes milk chocolate milk anymore chocolate. Like, no. milk chocolate is the best milk. if you want a sweet delicious treat milk chocolate yeah. if you want to pretend that you're a grown-up who doesn't need dessert have dark chocolate. Go for it. <laughs> but we all know. I just have a one square of dark chocolate it's after dinner. It's got really great antioxidants. Like dark chocolate's <laughs> fine. Eat whatever you want. But like milk chocolate is great. <laughs> and this one in particular is brilliant. So get yourself some coconut chocolate. Drink the beer farm sour beer and watch Kiki's Delivery Service. And you'll be having a wow, great Wow, this is a good evening. It's a great night. Or morning. <laughs> or late afternoon. Depending how your day's going. Wednesday, whenever you want. Okay, what are your fast fives? Okay, so my first Fast Five recommendation is the New York Times cooking comments <laughs> um, account on Instagram. It's so good. It's so good. I can't believe I just discovered it. So obviously New York Times cooking is the website where all the recipes are on the New York Times. The comment section is a weird, wacky party. I mean, New York Times comments generally crazy, but yeah. the cooking section in particular has, it's just, it's a whole other world. It's just so absurd and hilarious. <laughs> You're like, why? Why would you try and substitute beans for prawns? Like, that is not, <laughs> that's not an okay substitute. It's not even like the same class of thing. So anyway, this... This Instagram account works where it's basically screenshots of hilarious comments. And I think the magic of it is that you read the comment and you're like, random. And then you read the caption and it tells you what recipe they were talking about. And you're like, oh, that's wow. why it's funny. One person's like, hmm, this looks delicious, but I don't like mushrooms. Like, is there anything else I could use for this? And then the caption's like, comment on mushroom bourguignon. <laughs> like, no, there is no other substitute make for beef, mushrooms. Make beef bourguignon. Yeah, like the thing that the mushrooms are substituting <laughs> they're so funny there's one that's like i married a philistine who loads olives can anyone suggest a substitute for the olives not the husband <laughs> and then the recipe is like fish with sizzling olive butter like no <laughs> that's it that's what it is You're done. it's really really funny it's just ny times cooking comments on instagram so good i finally tried solid shampoo oh, and it's amazing Oh my god, really? Which one did you try? I'm so thrilled that I tried something that was natural and it actually worked. 
Apart from the lube. <laughs> well, we're glad the lube works, and now you've got number two. My mum bought me this. She just was like, hey, I heard you wanted to the try... Shampoo <laughs> the shampoo. The <laughs> shampoo. It's like, I heard you wanted to try solid shampoo. I saw her in the supermarket. Here it is. I was like, okay. So I've... nice. Thanks, mum. I'll give it a go. And it is so good. So this is the Ethique Oh, yeah. I brand. think some listeners recommended this one. It comes in a coloured, just cardboard box. Yeah. Mum bought me the min- Mintacy. Like mm-hmm. mint fantasy, I assume that is. <laughs> what a beautiful portmanteau, great. <laughs> I think it used to be called like heavy damage or something like that, and they've rebranded it. I don't know. Also a weird name. Yeah. For shampoo. Um, it's for like normally dry, maybe slightly damaged hair, which I think is an accurate description of mine. You bleach your hair, yes. Yeah. Um, they're like, maybe you straighten your hair a couple of times a week. Maybe you go swimming pretty often. Oh, that's me. Maybe your hair disease, a little TLC. Also that's me. me. So one block of this shampoo it's like a big just square cube is equivalent to three bottles of liquid shampoo that's so good it's crazy the way i was like how frick do you use this do you lather it up in your hands like what do you do scrub your head with it you basically wet your hair and then you drag the soap like down your head all across in like four or five lines did you have to google this or did you just figure it it said it on the box (laughs) (laughs) and then like you just put it down you just um, massage it in with your fingers and it lathers like crazy <laughs> like I did not expect for this to lather so much and the lathering is good because it really cleans your mm. whole scalp and everything there's an ingredient in there co- like it's a derivative of coconut it's yeah. extremely foamy right there's also coconut oil peppermint oil so it's got this really fresh minty aroma and cocoa butter and those ingredients like really sound heavy mm. but I really love that really clean, shiny hair. Spooky. I Yeah, I cannot have any residue yeah. on my hair. I have, like, really thin, straight hair. I have, like, a lot of thick hair, but it's still gross. That, like, greasy No, yeah, you just want it to feel clean and shiny, and this really did that. Great. I was really impressed. So that's the Ethique Solid Shampoo in Mintacy. <laughs> really not a fan of that name no then it's really that. lame but yeah i'd love to hear if anyone else has tried it it's really good my next recommendation is a pizza joint and the gals in the office have been raving about dimitri's pizza on oxford street in paddington for or in darlinghurst for like a year my friend also has raved about it and i just still haven't made it we're going okay, really thanks. soon it's so good so and it's this tiny little space off Oxford Street. Upstairs used to be a bar. Can't for life me remember the, the it's name. It's been so many bars. It's changed so many times. I've definitely been there a bunch yes. of times when it was a bar. But the pizza place is tiny. It's just like one long row of tables against the wall. There's fairy lights everywhere. Really cool natural wine list. Really great craft beer. And just at the end of this long skinny room is this big wood-fired oven. Mm-hmm. We had the best flavors of pizza. You can basically add andouille to anything. So your perfect place. Yeah, like <laughs> truly. I like. I'm obsessed with that. We added it to a pizza that had creamed corn on it. Oh so like God. these little like scoops of creamed corn and then fresh corn kernels. That was oh, so good. Yeah. And then a pizza with just three types of chili and cheese. <laughs> oh, like, I can see Scott liking that. Big one. rounds, pickled chili, fresh chili, bird's eyes, like hot pickle, just really. Really good. And then the sides are really good too. Like there's this rocket salad there, which is just... That's... Yeah, I think it's got pistachios in it. It's just delicious. <gasps> what? It's really good. Uh, it's very small. I would book ahead. Yeah, it's always booked. You need to book this place. I've, that's why I've never made it in. <laughs> well, yeah, Dimitri's. You better stick around, buddy. Because mm. I'm obsessed. So the next one is an alternative to Squarespace. <gasps> 
Is there such a thing? Can we say that? We have a podcast. <laughs> well, there's a few website template sites out there. Like Wix is really cool. They've got lots of drop and drag kind of features, which is great. Squarespace has amazing templates. But Cargo Collective is another option. I haven't heard that name in so long. I used to have my photo yeah. portfolio on there. It's really great for portfolios. It's yeah. really art driven. Mm. But I hadn't looked at it in years. And my, my personal sophiemacomas.com <laughs> website <laughs> is hosted on Cargo. And I like haven't updated in so long. Haven't checked it out. Looked at it the other day. And they have the coolest, really contemporary stuff. Like kind of internet style mm. things. Like there's a template where... It's a video of your face as you're like scrolling on the screen and there's all these folders as if it was a desktop. It's so cool. The other ones just have really bold fonts, kind of full screen takeovers of images and video, which I really like and really choose your own adventure through a website style of stuff. I'm literally writing a mental note to go and look at this and maybe set up a portfolio. It's so good. Yeah, really check it out if you have like a creative side hustle or you are a creative person, which I think all of you are. Um, that's Cargo Collective. And my last one, I made my own oatmeal. I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you did this and I did it. Well, I'm the I did. <laughs> Talk me through this. Yeah, true. I was just looking on the shelves at the supermarket and there are just no good Australian oatmeal like, there's minor figures. Which there's is English. Oatly. Which is Swedish. Yeah, like, they're all imported. The food mall, like, completely outweigh the benefit for the planet of drinking oats and not, like... Don't tell me this. Oh, yeah, I know. It's... it's just, like, ridiculous to buy that imported product. I was like, oh, well, now this is... How easy this is to make? Because I've made almond milk before, but you have to soak the almonds overnight. It's, like, super annoying to have a two-day process. You paid, like, $37 for yeah, almonds. Yeah, it's so expensive. <laughs> But oat milk is so fast and so cheap to make. So basically you get a cup of just organic rolled oats, mm -hmm. Australian ones, and then four cups of water. Mm -hmm. Pop that all into a blender. You basically blend it with a date to give a little bit of sweetness. Interesting. And potentially a little pinch of salt, a friend also suggested, which I think could be really good. Blend it for only 30 to 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. Apparently if you overblend it, it gets a little bit slimy. Which Ooh, is gross. What a weird yeah. term to <laughs> I use. Didn't, I didn't know what. I didn't try. But 30, 40 seconds. And then you just strain it through a really fine muslin or just like a clean t-shirt. Squeeze it all out. And that's literally it. It's done. So easy. It's so easy and so cheap. Like a whole bag of oats. You get like, I don't know, seven cups of oats yeah. in a bag. That's so much oat milk that you can make. I should do that because that's... Way easier than like whenever I buy milk, it just like go, it just it goes, goes off because yeah. it's just me and I don't need it that much. But being able to just do that at home when I need it, that would be amazing. Yeah, the only downside is if you have an espresso machine or you froth mm. milk at home, is that it doesn't froth because it doesn't have any fat in it. Yeah, all those other milks like Oatly and uh, Minor Figures have rapeseed oil in mm. them, which means that it thickens and froths up. Yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, gross. <laughs> I don't want to drink oil. Yeah. Is it any grosser than like drinking milk from a cow though? Like when you really think about it, it's like, whatever. It's just put it, you put rapeseed oil in your body. Otherwise people were putting butter in their coffee for a while. So true. <laughs> but maybe it's just like drinking oil is just so gross. Yeah. We eat it all the time. Yeah. Anyway, if you, you, if you do want a thickened coffee, this website that I found does have a recipe for cashews and coconut, which mm -hmm. I think has a lot more fat in it, which does froth a little bit more 
voluptuously. That well, is all we have. I think we did quite a lot. We had like a backlog we had to work through. Of excellence. Of excellence. All these things that we've been desperate to tell you about and we haven't had an outlet. Yeah, I've had the, <laughs> just the itch. I'm like, I've got to tell people about these things. <laughs> But please, if you haven't already, subscribe to our newsletter where all links to everything mentioned in today's episode will be housed. That is at highlyenthused.substack.com. If you aren't following us on Instagram yet, what are you doing? Email us if you feel like, highlyenthused at gmail.com. Yeah, please. I'll chat. Got nothing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing at all. Nothing at all. I have so much to do. (laughs) And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Glad to be back. See See you. See you.